I always do just chatting, but isn't there like a talk show section? Talk shows and podcasts. Awesome. Okay, cool. Wicked. We're live. How are you today, Chair? How are you? What's up? I'm good. Not much not much going on right now. Just kind of the same old staying close to home. Yeah. Um, I'm in one of the counties that was declared a purple zone, so we're all kind of shutting down here, keeping staying close. That's about it, really. Yeah, I'm not in a purple zone uh, in my county, but, well, Sacramento County is a purple zone, but uh, not the county I'm in right outside of Sacramento County, but, uh, you know, I can't really do much anyway either, like... Uh, I haven't been able to go to the gym because of uh, other things happening, and that sucks. So I've been, like, working out at home, and, excuse me, um, yeah, dude, it's been, like, I don't know, it's, it's been tough this, the past couple weeks, you know. Well, hopefully we'll get past it, move on to better 2021. Fuck 2020, it's almost <laughs> over, we're almost there. Right. It's December 1st, when did that happen, Jesus yeah, dude, I know, I, like, I saw that this morning, like, even though, like, yesterday, you know, I'm fully aware that yesterday was November 30th, but then, like, this morning, I, like, I'm, I'm working, and I look at the fucking bottom right-hand corner, it says 12-1, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? When did December get here? Yeah, it's, um, it hasn't even been raining much, that's the thing, like, the weather's been really weird lately, it's been super sunny out. Yeah, dude, so, it, it rained, like, once or twice, like, already, like, this, since, I don't know, since fall started, like, it's only rained twice, like, it's been a long year, dude. Yeah, it has been disoriented, almost, like, fatigue, there's a lot of dumb BS going on, so. Yeah. <clears throat> dude, at, dude, okay, on top of, on top of all the other bullshit and regular life stuff, like, like, I also really fucked up the last podcast we did. Like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> dude, the, I, I, I think one of the buttons on my interface wasn't clicked. So my audio was, like, almost muted. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I should have known that when you were like, I can't really hear you at the beginning. And I was like, okay, whenever, dude. <laughs> like, and so, like, I, like, I don't know. Dude, I tried to, like, listen to it and, like, do certain things to, like, fix the audio so I could upload it as a podcast, but, like, the only solution I would have is to literally cut all my audio out and put it on a separate track and then turn yours down and turn mine up. And, like, I did that for an hour, and uh, I was only, like, five minutes in. So uh, (laughs) I decided not to do that. That's good. Sometimes you just got to let it go and move on. Yeah. So. That, day. that will that day. will not be uploaded as a podcast unfortunately like a just audio version uh but that's okay um this this one will the mandalorian episode five season two chapter 13 uh but before that's we get into idea. that right some scheduling announcements because tomorrow we're going to be doing some tolkien talk about on fairy stories and if you guys don't know yep. what that is it might sound boring, and uh, it really isn't. <laughs> uh, it, it's gonna be a lot of anything. 
anytime Tolkien spent time writing stuff, it's not going to be, it's not, you're going to be entertained, trust me. We're going to be entertained, and we hope that you're entertained by us being entertained by, by this book. Yeah. So learn something. It's just, it's, it's really just Tolkien's idea about what fairy stories are, or rather what they should be. And uh, there's just so many interesting passages in it. And, and I'm not going to read the entire thing because that would take a long time. But I have a lot of notes and I will read some passages that are of interest. And we'll go through and we'll talk about it and, and give our thoughts. Because really, I, I don't know about you, but my m- almost my entire pr- approach to storytelling stems from Tolkien. Mm. Or like knowing how to read a story and knowing like, I don't know, it's just understanding like some of his thoughts is just so like next level in my brain where it's like i would have never thought about that and you just like it just makes everything that much more interesting absolutely and he was we we have to really remember about this about jared tolkien like the man was an oxford professor oxford is one of the oldest institutions around yeah. Um, as for where it comes to education, we're talking about levels of prestige that tie back nearly 500 years, which is a really damn long time for something to be around. Like when you look at human history as a whole, 500 years is a pretty good run for something, right? Right. Just keep that in mind. It was that Oxford's been pretty much the same. Like the buildings have been the same. Uh, they probably there were some bombings that happened and something got changed or whatever. But you know, the locations have been the same. The dress code's been exactly the same. I don't think that's changed at all, aside from a little bit of modernizing. But they still wear robes and scholarly, and the like. Professors still teach on chalkboards and stuff. To get into this institution as a student is difficult, and to become a professor in this institution is like it's even a step up. You know, that's like the big league of professoring, where you like have to you have to take oral exams, right? Nobody knows what that is because that's just not something we really do anymore. But an oral exam is where you stand there, someone gives you, speaks to you the question, you have to speak the answer back to them. And he he went through that. God. Ugh. Yeah. And so he, he's just an incredibly intelligent, incredibly charismatic figure, and he's got a lot to teach everybody. And, you know, I'm glad that Tolkien, like, Tolkienology is really on the rise. Like, what we're seeing with Signum U, um, the chief, the lead, if you don't know, Signum U is a, uh, they're like a, they study sci-fi and fantasy novels and also like other pieces of work, like it's actual serious uh, intellectual interpretations of them. And they like with the, the main professor, I forget his name, but he just has like great lecture series where they just go passage to passage and like Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring. They just start off with the first passage. Okay. What does this mean? What was Tolkien saying by this, you know, and they're just bouncing. You're just like bouncing his ideas and like, you know, this ties into Tolkien's writing style, and then he really ties into the stuff that other people don't know, like the more uh, exclusive Tolkien stuff, mainly the Lost Tales of Middle-Earth. A lot of people haven't read those. Um, and, of course, like a lot of the stuff that was just in the journals and the essays that never ended up becoming a story. Right. Uh, I think I think maybe like writers of the time, because like Tolkien had a lot of critics, you know, and I think yeah. the writers of that time really disliked Tolkien because he really tried to remove the author as an influence in the interpretation of a story, which is yeah. like a big deal to people who want you to like understand like their life and the where they came from and why that influences their work. And it's like Tolkien tried to explain why none of that actually matters. So, yeah. And he, and he was really he was really good too about removing his own perspective from the books he wrote 
like the Lord of the Rings, like it's wrote from Bilbo's perspective and it feels like it's written by a hobbit. And there are instances when like Bilbo is pretending to have outward knowledge of someone else's uh, passage that he really doesn't have. And, you know, he's just kind of interpreting how that person might have felt at the time. So it's Tolkien pretending to be Bilbo, who's pretending to be someone else or writing a right. story. So it's just layers on layers with, with that guy and his writing style. You know, just his general, like, how is, you're right, how his story is structured is a really important way of thinking. Um, I don't really know. I, I definitely, like, take Tolkien ideas for, for, like, when I'm writing my own, my own, doing my own writing. I do a lot more discovery style, like more George or more, more Stephen King's style just letting it come along and i take that and i formulate it into an outline and i think that's when more of the talk the tolkien storytelling like it's inspiration starts to flow its way yeah because his, his his focus of thought like aside from the magic system which really he didn't really explain in, in full you know it, like his magic system really was kind of like the force in, in our sense where it's just oh you know some people have magic and they can use it to do some stuff and you know gandalf does all the cool shit like he fights the balrog uh, like it never happens in the book, right? I don't, I don't think if, if I remember correctly, Gandalf like dies and he comes back, right? So well, yeah, the, I mean, he falls and then we see him again, and that's about it, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Obviously, when you're telling a story versus you know showing a movie, like you're gonna be able to show things that in the book like are just mildly explained, like in dialogue, right? So, uh, yeah, but I think like. I, I saw someone say, like, I, you know, I've read fairy stories and I'm still not entirely sure what Tolkien's point was. Like, you know, and it's like you read like this 70 page essay and then like you kind of don't understand it maybe or whatever. And uh, someone responded to them and they're like, they're like, if you tried to write a story after reading this or like while reading this, it's a pretty great step by step way to write about how to write a story. Like, you know, and it's like it's not exactly that, but but it's like that's that's kind of the point is like. You, you might not realize all the things you're taking in from reading on fairy stories, but it's just, like, an incredible piece of work that, like... It is. He, you know, Tolkien starts off by admitting, like, he's not the expert. Like, he's he's taking part in something that already exists. You know, like... Something that's been taking place for 900,000s of years. Right. And he, like, admits that. It's part of the flow of time. Yeah, but but we'll leave that as a little teaser. We're not gonna obviously uh, spend this whole podcast talking about that because yeah, we have. A... We, need to, we need to save the con. We need to save that content for tomorrow. All right, we gotta, all... we gotta spread out all this content. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of content uh, it, yeah. on, uh, with on fairy stories to talk about. So we'll we'll save oh, that for yeah. tomorrow. But for today, obviously, we have to talk about chapter thirteen of the Mandalorian, and Jesus mm. Christ, dude! Like this episode just comes out swinging, don't it? You know, like, yeah, it does. And if I can start off by, like, obviously, a lot of people are going to say this episode is great. It was cool. Like, I'm great that Ahsoka Tana was there. And I'm great that, you know, like, it was really funny that how you're saying yesterday, like, oh, she's only going to be at the very end of the episode. And then the very first five seconds is her just wrecking this entire squad. Right. Man, like, that episode, like, was. I honestly think it was probably, aside from the Ahsoka Tano reveal, probably the weakest in the season so far for me personally. Okay, okay. Because, it, because it's just the last episode. It's, oh, there are other, if I remember correctly, but it's like, oh, there's this Bo-Katan. Ah, oh, they're blasting people up. Oh, where's 
the star saver. And then this episode is, oh, it's Ahsoka Tano. Oh, she's doing flips and cutting shit up. Oh, where's Grand, Grand Apple Thrawn? Oh, she flies away. You know, like the... There was some cool stuff with Baby Yoda, and there was some cool, obviously, that fight scene that happened at the very end. Like, the traditional, like, samurai-style fight scene was amazing to watch. But I just think that having those two episodes back-to-back actually makes them makes this one weaker. That's, that's like, what I... That's how I'm, like, hmm. feeling myself on this. You know? Yeah, I, I do think that... Uh, like the the highs of the episode were really high, but obviously there there are things that might leave some viewers feeling cold, and they're also like you know, in terms of a like a purely like good storytelling episode, I I can see what you mean. Like it's not the best, but I feel like yeah. there's just like a lot of like. You know, it's it's something that Star Wars, like uh, especially the new movies and stuff, are very criticized for is like leaning into nostalgia and like you know trying to to use those things as like your uh, base of what makes something good, right? Like, oh, it's good because it makes me feel like I'm a kid again or whatever. You know, and it's like it's not really a good yeah. reason for so, to to say something's good or bad. Um, yeah, but I can see what you mean. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really expect to see Ahsoka like right away, but it was really yeah. cool to see her right away, dude. It's like it's like when you're single and like you you first start talking to a girl, you know, uh, you, you just message her on Tinder or whatever, and like she just sends you her phone number. You say, "Hey, this is uh, this is a uh, chair," and then she sends you a bunch of nudes, and you're like, "Whoa, dude!" I wasn't expecting that to happen like immediately. Like you know, I thought I thought this would take a while. That, that's kind of yeah. what the episode felt like at first. Um, yeah. But it, it did it did obviously, like, make you kind of go, dude, this is fucking badass. She has the white lightsabers. Like, she's fucking slicing yep. people up. It's really cool. Like, oh. oh. Also, can I also say that, dude, her makeup was perfect. Rosier Darson, she just fits in. She fits right in. She looks exactly like her. You know, like yeah. she talks, she almost talks like her too. And it, she sounds like a much more mature Sokotano. And it's fantastic. It, it looks like I was afraid it was going to look like shit and that she was going to look kind of weird, but yeah. she ended up looking fantastic. She really did. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it was great to see that. Dude, how old is Ahsoka though, right? Like she's got to be what, 50 something, 60 something? Probably she'll no. She was sixteen or seventeen when, or no, maybe she was like fourteen. Or I think 15 she was like twelve got, or something when she first got introduced. Oh, but, wow, when she was Anakin's mm, Padawan, maybe not. Maybe I she was a little. Maybe she was like fourteen. 14. Yeah, which yeah, means by the end so, of the Clone Wars, she was like seventeen. Yeah, and which, then let's see. There's twenty years, or is it ten years? I can't remember between Episode four and six. It's or is it it's almost like, twenty years between three and four. Which would make her 30, 37 by the time of A New Hope. Four. Right? Okay. And then okay. there's another five to ten years five. or something. Let's call let's call on the far end and call it ten years between all the all those movies. Okay, so she's almost fifty then, right? Yeah. Well she's in like She's between forty seven and fifty five, we'll call it that, right? Like yeah, she's getting ready to to get her AARP card, but she's not quite there yet. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, dude, I, I just have to say, though, like, Ahsoka wearing a hood is, like, is such an iconic thing. And I think it, it yes. always will be. Like, I, I just, yeah. like, so much of the great Ahsoka, like, shots and, and stuff from Clone Wars or Rebels. And then now in The Mandalorian, like, she's wearing this hood, dude. And just, like, it's just iconic to me. It looks fantastic, especially, like, you know, with her head gangly or whatever those are. They like makes a little overshadow, you know, where they're hanging a little bit. Yeah, you know, they come out of like come out of the hood. It's just all classic Jedi stuff. That that hooded robe look is just classic for Star Wars in particular. Yeah, they just got that great that great sage so well, and like calculated in the Jedi robes. Right, and it makes her look it makes her look incredibly wise, and it especially worked here. Yeah, I, I thought the look was great. I thought the makeup was great. Uh, the head tentacles looked a little smaller or like shorter than like mm. from Rebels, but I, I I mean that's not enough to like upset me or bother me or anything, you know. Um, probably so they would keep like that the cosmetic would probably if it was longer than that it probably gets too heavy and it right start showing wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was doing a lot. She was doing a lot of crazy shit while wearing those things. That's what really surprised me. Yeah, um, especially that end scene, you know, like when they're doing those with the sticks, they're holding actual physical sticks and they just edited it out later. So, you know, she was doing like real martial arts stuff in the full get up. Right. And it stayed immaculate the entire time. So yeah. Fantastic. Um, the lightsaber sounds were interesting. I think they were a little different than like normal, typical lightsaber sounds, which is to be expected. Um, but I thought that was, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like some, I think certain, uh, frames or shots, they forgot to add sound effects to like for the lightsabers. So like you couldn't hear them or you couldn't hear them like deflecting, but like it wasn't like, it's not that noticeable, but I mean, I noticed it a little bit cause I was like just paying attention. Like, you know, it's like when something really cool is happening, I'm, I'm just like trying to pay attention to everything. I'm like, Whoa, what's that? What is this? What is this? What is happening here? You know? So, um, I don't know where you want to go from here. <laughs> I mean, we could just start, you know, start, we'll start from the start of the episode and then move our way down. So yeah, they get there. We see this planet that's been decimated. We, at first we assume by fire. Well, first off we start off with Sokotano. There's just badass action sequence. So Sokotano's running around being all stealthy, being like, you know, killing people. That's what she's doing. She's no, she's not, she's still not a Jedi. I don't think she identifies as a Jedi anymore. And I think that's why she wouldn't change the train the child gagu or whatever the fuck his name grogu was. yeah grogu, i didn't whatever. know we i, I didn't know we were gonna Disney. wait I don't yet care whatever i don't care whatever you call him is he's still gonna be called a child <laughs> no 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 i'm not I, I i don't i hate the name the child and so i'm glad they finally gave him a name but i refuse to call him the child like grogu right. is okay it sounds more star warsy right. than the fucking child uh whatever okay christian sometimes baby yoda that's all we need that's yeah yeah need. Uh, yeah a lot of um, people are still gonna call him baby yoda it doesn't really matter he's stuck with that forever so the action sequence was tight but you know we, we not a whole lot went on during that sequence just like story-wise aside from ahsoka tano killing some people and saying hey i'm gonna be back in a day fucking kill you if you don't fuck off okay bye <laughs> just vanishes into the vanishes into the woods yeah mandalorian shows up um you know he sees that the town's like overtaken but he can't really do anything 
yeah. half of uh, the first cool thing that I guess that happened aside from Ahsoka Tano's action sequences when he got introduced to the staff of uh, Beskor. Yeah, Beskar. That's going to be badass to see some shots with him. Maybe we'll get some scenes with him because remember this is Padre Pascal. He played uh, Oberyn, Oberyn, uh, Martell. Yeah, and, in, and, Game, in of Game of Thrones. And all those action shots he did, where he was doing all the flips and shit with the pole, that was him. You know, that was all him. Uh, he's a he's a trained stunt guy. So I think we're definitely going to be seeing some cool shit. Hopefully, in the future, with him taking down maybe possibly a Dark Jedi. We don't know. Well, um, I, I'm pretty sure I know why they brought in the Beskar, uh, the, the, what, what the fuck is it called? It's a spear. I thought it was just Yeah, plants. yeah, yeah. Uh, plants. so, right, I think a lot of people were, like, anticipating Ahsoka to kind of stick around or something, mm-hmm. which was never really going to happen. Like, we talked about this last time, like, yeah. it, they're, they're not bringing in these characters to, like, take over the show, like... Yeah. These are pit stops. These are cameos. Like, and you know, we can talk about you know, obviously like the thing at the end as well. But I'm pretty sure they brought in this Beskar. Uh, fuck, dude, I know what it's called, Lance. Lance. Yeah, whatever it is, javelin, javelin uh, harpoon. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Here's the thing, right? When when it first was introduced, the spear, I was kind of like, okay, that's pretty cool, you know, very expensive, very uh, whatever. Like, this, is, look at this planet, Corvus. It's a very decimated planet. Look at all these poor people that are now slaves. Look at the magistrate. Oh, she's got a nice little uh, koi pond and palace and, uh, you know, a little area gated off from all the poor people. And she's got this nice Beskar uh, spear. Okay, all right. She's going to hire Mando, blah, blah, blah. Mando goes finds ahsoka and you find out that beskar can block a lightsaber yep and he fucking that was fucking badass dude when he just holds up his gloves like that like Mm -hmm. uh, man right and And we know we we know for a fact moff gideon will be back with the dark saber and he's not fighting no Ahsoka Tano with that dark saber. He's fighting, he's fighting Armando with the Beskar staff. Okay. Yep. That they're gonna be like on the bow. They're gonna be on a bow of a ship while it's going down in flames, and they're just fighting, duking it out. It's good, fantastic. Right. That is my conclusion. That is why we have the Beskar spear staff thingy, is because yeah. uh, Mando needs a weapon that can fight uh, Moff Gideon. Again, because this is not a show about Ahsoka Tano coming in and uh, becoming part of our team and being here forever. This is a show yep. about the Mandalorian. Mandalorian, yep. So, uh, yeah, the obviously Corvus officials hire Mando to try to kill Ahsoka. That doesn't work out too well. Uh, we get a name for Baby Yoda. His name is Grogu, guys. Okay, cool. And also, with, with that name, we get a great number of scenes where they're teaching Baby, like, you know, testing his abilities with the Force. Um, there was this cute scene where he wouldn't tug a rock from Ahsoka's hands, but he yeah. would take a toy he really liked from Mando's hands. Dude, we um, learned so um, much about Grogu, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He, was taken, he was being trained to the temple. He got taken because Order 66 happened. Um, I guess they did something probably severed his connection to the force or something to hide him from the Empire. 
and they hit him away for a while, and now that wound in the now that the Empire is gone, maybe his wound is like starting to heal, like we've seen in I told Republic Two. This is something tied in where a character was intentionally set like they were forcefully disconnected from the Force, so they could uh, not be found by other Jedi, Dark Jedi in particular. So this is something that has lore behind it. This is something that they've talked about a lot, especially Knights of the Republic, and especially when it comes... Knights of the Republic is what I consider to be the most fertile ground for Jedi and Sith lore, considering how buried it is. It just is all the time. So I, I would hope that that's something they're going to explore, because it would be cool to see even just a small element from Knights of the Republic 2 make it into, make it into mainstream stuff, because, man, Knights of the Republic 2 did not sell well. Mm. <laughs> a lot of people forgot that game existed. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, uh yeah so i mean ahsoka's talking about just you know a i don't want to train grogu because he's attached to you and i've seen what attachment can do and blah 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 to the best of us the best of us yes anakin was the best ever of course um oh yeah not obi-wan kenobi um Do you think people who aren't familiar with the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff, who don't know Ahsoka at all or don't know that she's Anakin's apprentice, do you think they are super confused by this or they think she's just a random Jedi from the background? Like they that's, that's another thing. I think if you watch this episode, um, you'll probably be... I think that's why they decided to open it up with a lightsaber action sequence rather than introducing Ahsoka in some big crazy reveal. Because mm-hmm. I'll be probably three fourths of the people watching The Mandalorian did not watch Clone Wars. That's just got to be my best guesstimate. Because a lot of the Clone Wars is it, again, it was really made for a much younger audience. It was on Cartoon Network at from five o'clock to six p.m. For God's sakes, so it was definitely, definitely more of a child, uh, more of a more of a not child, but more like teen, uh, young adult oriented show. Um, so I think that that decision to keep the action rolling and to only have us because she didn't really expose a lot of what she was doing there aside from that she was like saving the town because they're suffering we saw the suffering that was going on even before right like most of us assumed oh he's not gonna kill kill ahsoka he's you know he's there to find the jedi you know what because like you bring up a good point because I, i didn't really think about this but it's like obviously ahsoka was on corvus for a while like yeah. for so long that Bo-Katan knew where she was like, and she wasn't there with Sabine trying to restore some Jedi order or whatever, like their plan was at the epilogue of rebels. Like she was there to get the name, to find out where Thrawn is, right? Like that's what we yeah. find out. She's there to find out where Thrawn is. So yeah. she just waited Which till the mean- day that the Mandalorian showed up to do that. Or like a, she needed him to to prevent the 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 uh, slaves from dying. I think that she needed a combat ally, or she knew she couldn't do it herself. I'm not exactly sure. Um, so, but still, following the episode along, so they decided to team up after this cool sequence with Grogu, right? Um, they attack the town. There's some cool action sequences. I really love the interaction between the Mandalorian and the, uh, the, the, the town yeah. marshal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could be your side. Could be mine. <laughs> um, it's, it's, and also, right before, leading up to the reveal about Thrawn, 
Mm-hmm. But man, that fight sequence with the Sokotano and the Magistrate was straight up just classic Star Wars lightsaber duel. Like, and the lightsaber wasn't involved. I still loved it to death. You know, it, right. it was just like a fantastic reminiscent of an old school Japanese film. Uh, did you have any major reactions to it, or did you just enjoy it as much? No, yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, like, I, dude, like even in general, just like a lot of like the combat stuff in the episode, like. You know, when Ahsoka first shows up, when she fights Mando, like, obviously you knew they were going to fight, right? Like, that always happens. Uh, and then, yeah, the the fight scene at the end, like, she's doing, like, cool stuff. She's running around, like, you know, and it's just, like, I don't know, like, it, it's almost more like the classic choreography from the original trilogy, like, that yeah, fight scene. Much more, slow, much more slow-paced. Um, right. Much more, it's like, you know, that fight scene in Empire Strikes Back between darth vader and luke skywalker you mm-hmm. can't when you see the red and the blue and the very slow methodical steps are taking and, the psh, 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 and it's like a chess match and how they're right. using the force and applying it in different places that was classic legendary right that's another reason another reason why empire strikes back is to me the best star wars movie of all time arguably mm-hmm. and arguably one of the greatest movies of all time for pure entertainment um but just seeing the slow steps they were taking, you know, reminiscent of that. They were, I step here, you step there. It, no force was involved. That was a little disappointing that Ahsoka just didn't force push her like, to the ground and step, step her. She could have at any time, but but she didn't. Um, you know, then we see was it, one of her lightsabers got knocked out of her hand, right? And then she's like... Yeah, into the to, pond. Yeah, and she started two-handing one, and then she just got angry. And oh, Well, I she did her I, classic, you know, inverted thingy. Yeah. You know, and you knew it was over from there. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, obviously, she wants to know where Thrawn is, and we can only assume that she wants to know where Thrawn is because he survived, and that must mean Ezra probably also survived. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with this at all, the the last episode of uh, Star Wars Rebels, you had Ezra on Thrawn's ship, and... Uh, the light speeded him away from the battle after using a bunch of force whales uh, to win the battle of Lothal. Uh, and yeah, we didn't see anything after that. So we don't oh, know if they lived. <laughs> we don't know if they lived, if they died, what happened. But um, we do see like the epilogue of Rebels, which takes place some years later with uh, Ahsoka and Sabine. And they're wanting to restore the Jedi or whatever they're going to go do. They're going to find Ezra. And I've seen a lot of people also speculating that that takes place after this episode of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And, I, and mm-hmm. it's hard to know because obviously we don't know when uh, when that epilogue it, takes place. We don't know where Mandalorian falls on the timeline exactly. Right. You know it's post-Empire, but... So does this episode like encourage her to go find Sabine and try to do this, or like I, I guess that's the thought, and I guess it's possible, but uh, I, I don't really know, and and it's like kind of weird to speculate on, um, because it almost sounds like she knows like Ezra might be out there, and uh, you know that uh, the Man- Mando should go find him, right? <laughs> like, I think that's what she's saying almost, right? Like, hey, go to Tython, go to the top of the thingy, do the thing. If he reaches out with the Force, another Jedi might hear it. Like, Ezra might show up and want to train him, right? Like, right? I Here's what, here's what I will tell you guys will never happen. 
they will not recast a young person to play Luke Skywalker to be in this show to restart the Jedi Academy. It's not going to happen. Uh, I think Luke Skywalker is just way too iconic right now to recast as a younger version. I'm not saying that they wouldn't do it. Uh, we, we also need to look at this from Disney's perspective. If the Mandalorian would go, oh, hey, we're making, we're doing Jedi Academy. They're basically, what you're basically saying is, hey, fuck your movies. We're making our own shit. You know, and that would be like, almost like internal conflict in the company. And Disney does not like it when the ranks are out of order, per se. So it's, it's, I, 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 I couldn't see that happening either. I didn't, that's why I did, I'm so shocked to like to hear you say this because I didn't even consider for a moment that Grogu could reach out and connect with like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> well, I mean, Luke Skywalker's at his peak at this point, right? Like this is five years after the fall of the Empire. He's obviously doing stuff. He's obviously out there uh, making some waves in yep. the, in, in the universe, in the galaxy. But we don't, we, can we expect to see him in the Mandalorian? I, I think we can't. And if we do, then it, inevitably grogu will be murdered by kylo ren <laughs> right like is, is adam driver's gonna come adam driver's gonna come back to do it he's gonna do it don't tempt him i yeah it's just it's just one of those things where it's like it's a fantasy i think and like because like it only comes to that for me because people are like fan casting already saying like oh sebastian stan would be a great young luke skywalker and then you have graphic artists like showing him as a young luke skywalker and like all this stuff and it's like it's nice to think about that but it's never gonna happen right so i don't think that they'll ever touch anything to do with the original with the original movies probably ever again I think the Mandalorian is going to build basically what we're going to refer to as probably down the line, the Mandoverse or whatever as a new subsection of Star Wars fan, uh, not fan fiction, but Star Wars enjoyable fiction, creative fiction where, and everything is just included in that. That's going to include the rebels, the clone wars. Uh, it's going to include Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, obviously. And then squad, Quadrants or whatever that was. No, Resistance. Resistance, that was it. Yeah, I never watched that. Is it good? Yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't either because I'll be honest, man. No, it's not. It's like, it's got a really weird color palette. It's so positive and happy. It, it literally made, it feels like it's made for younger people. It didn't last very long either. That's the thing. I think it only lasted a season and a half. Um, really? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's still on. Let me check. Yeah. That doesn't sound too good. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I don't know. It's like um just one of those like kind of weird things where you you Yep, the second and final season premiered on October 6, 2019. It ended on January it only had 40 40 episode run. <sighs> yep. So that I don't even know anything that happened in that at all i didn't like the animation style so i never watched it um yeah but like i i think i think a lot of people had that issue too with with rebels when it first was a thing like when rebels first started people like didn't like the thin lightsabers and whatever even clone wars i think people hated the big jaws like uh count dooku had this enormous face you know 
and like I, I think a lot of people had issues with certain animations, so they just didn't watch them. Or like, yeah, obviously, like you said, maybe it's like they're more for kids or whatever. Uh, but uh, it feels like they're trying to, you know, unite some of these worlds in a way. Even though, like, obviously, they all take place in the same galaxy, but it, the, it's just, I don't know. When two people live in the same galaxy, they'll probably come across each other once or twice, you know? Uh, but yeah, do you feel like they're overdoing it already? Or do you think, like, it's just... I feel like they are overdoing it. That's, that's one thing I wanted to tie back into. I think Thrawn is probably one of the most interesting characters in the Star Wars canon, and I think that they're go absolutely going in the right direction by introducing him to flesh out what's going on in this show. But I think they introduced him in completely the wrong way. Like, the idea that he exists in this universe. Like, I just think, I just think that, like, you know, the whole Saturday morning cartoon villain ending last time, and then, like, you know, the where is the Darksaber? Where is the child? Where is Thrawn? <laughs> it's just, it's a, bunch, it's a bunch of wild screaming. I'm like, oh, look at all this. Look at this. Look at this. You know, I, and I just feel like there was a lot coming at us these last three episodes, like in terms of like how expansive this universe is in, in a whole. And I feel like that they should backpedal that a little bit. I, I just really hated that. Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? I thought that was a horrible part of the episode, probably the mm. lowest part of the episode for me personally. So the I name drop that. wasn't enough to to make you care. No. Right? So no, no. <clears throat> I feel like maybe they're falling into this weird thing where like, uh, like so I don't know coming into this season there was concern uh about whether they would pull off correctly bringing in certain legacy characters like Ahsoka like Boba Fett like uh, Bo-Katan or whatever and so you know it's like it's this concern that I, I call the Fantastic Beasts uh problem because it's like you bring in all these big characters from other things and it's like everything has to tie into this thing and and it, as soon as it doesn't it's no longer star wars but you know obviously we've seen that's not true through most of the mandalorian we haven't tied it into anything quote-unquote greater or or familiar necessarily and it's been fine right and, and it's been yeah, exceptional so um exceptional absolutely and and obviously i think when uh when you bring in when you bring in boba fett he's on tatooine it's probably not that unheard of to see Boba Fett. Okay. Like that's, I think the way they did that is fine. I think the way they brought in yeah. Bo-Katan is fine. Uh, I think yeah. even think the way they brought in Ahsoka is fine. Uh, but, Absolutely. but like, but like you said, it's like, you know, uh, you can almost make an argument that bringing in Thrawn only is better than bringing in all of those other characters because Thrawn was one of yeah. the leaders of the empire and when you when you when you help run the universe or the galaxy, you're gonna be a big deal. And so if you have another cool. big level hero like Mando coming in, who you could argue maybe isn't that much of a big level hero, but right. he's gonna ha- have some interaction with the authorities, right, or the 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 government or the whatever the the large scale villain, or just the players. And he's running into specifically problems with the Empire. Right. Uh, all the time. The Remnants, he's in the Outer Rim. He's running around yeah. to the planets that are outside of the Resistance where the Empire fled to. But also, right. we need to remember that Thrawn, even if it hit all his EU stuff was eliminated, it's still there for 20 years in everybody's head. 
Grand Admiral Thrawn was the guy who basically started the Empire 2.0 after everyone thing was gone. He almost got away with it too. If it wasn't for those family kids in the Millennium Falcon. Right. You know, it, 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 it's it, he rebuilt. He was rebuilding the Empire, and then it, you know, Skywalker happened, and New Republic happened, and all this stuff happened, and we had some great books. And so I just really hope that. They're going to introduce him in a great way, and I really think that he's going to be a great purse addition. But I just feel like that this annou- this announcement of his presence was too soon, it was too forthcoming, or maybe it was a better way to put it. Yeah, it would almost be better to like, I don't know. I I think it's probably obvious, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's pretty obvious that Thrawn is above Moff Gideon, right? Yeah. And so, should this have been a thing where we defeat Moff Gideon at the end of Season 2, we think we've won, and then we have the reveal, well, here's Thrawn. Like, he's coming. Is is that a bigger, better setup than just, like, this weird kind of Game of Thrones syndrome where we end episodes thinking, okay, this is going to finally happen, and then the opposite happens, right? Like, th- that's one of the things that is always happening in Game of Thrones. Like, the end of the episode, you're like, next episode, we're going to get this. And then it happens, like, five seasons later for some reason. So, uh, yeah. is it just one of those things, like, that, that they're doing? Oh, Thrawn. So, now we know we're going to go do this. Oh, next episode, we're not going to do that. And then the next episode, we're not going to do that. And so, I, I don't think we'll see Thrawn for a while. Uh, mm. But... I hope so. And I, I hope we don't see him for a while. That's it's very I, important. I think they... be, yeah, because they absolutely did never needed to drop the name for us to get no, it. They did not. Because yeah. the thing is, right, Ahsoka isn't necessarily gonna go find Thrawn now. And and the idea of where is Grand Admiral Thrawn as if he just stays in one place all the time and it never moves in a vast galaxy, uh, you know, it kind of doesn't make sense either. So it makes more sense that the Mandalorian will come into contact with Thrawn because Thrawn is probably the guy with the master plan about kidnapping the Force-using babies. <laughs> like, obviously, you're the one that they're after. You're the Mandalorian with Grogu. They want Grogu. Who's at the yep. top of that chain? Grand Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn. So we would have got him no matter what, without a name drop. Yep. And I think the silent reveal would have been better than anything. Like his his ship just drops out of hyperspace, and then like it's just a slow cut to the bridge, and then you just see like a blue skinned man like standing, you know, in that classic pose with his hands behind his back and the crisp white uniform. I don't even Rather think than- you need his his face. I think you just show the eyes, the red eyes, mm-hmm. like glowing, mm-hmm. and then like the shadow, right, like a shadow of blue right there. Bam, mm-hmm. Thrawn. Like I I think that does something to people. Just like this slow reveal, where like yeah. It's it's like the the Thanos at the end of the Avengers, right? The the end credit scene where where you just have Thanos putting his hand or whatever, like turning his head, right? And you see his face. And you're like, dude, mm-hmm. holy shit! Like Thanos is coming, and obviously he doesn't come for another six years after that. Uh, <laughs> yep. But you know, again, dude, it's just one of those things where the name drop to to fans. Sure, some fans were like, dude, what the fuck? Holy shit! Right. But like you said, if it's the three quarters of people who never watched Clone Wars or Rebels and didn't read the books, they're like, who the fuck who? is that? Yeah. Who the fuck is oh, that guy? What? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
well, hopefully, hopefully they do it right. Hopefully this is just a road bump. You know, obviously not everything's going to be perfect all the time with the Mandalorian. They're going to have road bumps. Every show does. Uh, I again I'll always say this to the death. Like you can be a Star Wars, Star Wars and Star Trek fan. Star Trek enhances my viewing ship of Star Wars. Star Wars helps my enhances my viewing of Star Trek. And Star Trek, some of those some of those seasons even are just a little rough. The entire season is just a little kind of shitty. They had some really uninspired stories, and it wasn't really that interesting. And the the acting was just really off for that season. But that's okay because you love it, and you just hope on and hope move on and hope for the best. And so we can just hope that they don't start flooding the show with characters from like a fan writing like a fan fiction, basically. And then Thrawn shows up, and then Darth Vader shows up, and then and then this guy shows up. Oh my god, they're having a time. And the Mandalorian, let's say, called the Mandalorian, and there's like just an episode of just nothing but lightsaber fights, and the Mandalorian shows up at the beginning in the very... Right. Yeah, yeah it, I think they've done insane. a good job of keeping the focus on the Mandalorian, which obviously it's his story, so they should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do wonder, though, because like it's it's one of those weird things where I kind of wish I didn't talk about Star Wars so much, because like my fiance has never watched Clone Wars or Rebels and stuff, and it's like, if I didn't tell her about Ahsoka or like explain who she was or that, you know, Anakin was her master or anything like what would her impression of this episode be? And like, what would her impression of Ahsoka be? Uh, mm. and, and like, like I, 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 again, because, you know, obviously I've explained to her, Oh yeah. Anakin was her master or whatever. And when she's talking about attachment and like, she's seen what it does to people, like it's easy to infer. Okay. She's talking about Anakin. And then from there, like you get something out of that having known that but if you yeah. don't know that right like you're just like oh okay like she has this deep knowledge about stuff with the jedi or whatever like oh, oh maybe she knew anakin because we as viewers know anakin but we don't know who she is right like so it's it's just a curious thing and and i don't know like if new viewers who aren't familiar with those other things will grasp that or will uh like ahsoka or think she's weird or uh or whatever see, see again I think that's why they opened up with the action sequence. So you could just introduce her as a stereotype action cinematic Jedi. She's she cuts the tree in half, force pushes like that log into somebody, she cuts people with some lightsabers, does some flips, very important, uses the force, very important, you know, she just checks all those boxes. And I think that's a really smart way to introduce this character to to the wider audience. Just oh hey, she's a Jedi, she can do Jedi shit. Um, she's doing her own stuff. Uh, and she's a little more complicated, but we're, we're going to tease that. You know, they didn't really, like, again, there wasn't a lot of exposing this episode. They didn't do a lot of, like, sit around exposition. So what happened to this, this, and this, and this? You know, it's just, oh, I'm a Jedi. I have my own history. We're moving on. That's it. Right. Um, it, it's just one of those things, right. too, where it's like, you know, obviously, it, it, it is a, a good balance, I think, of, like, okay, guys, we have this nice balance of, things for legacy fans and things for new fans uh and whatever like but it, it what do you do you think it's almost better like the subtle thing like the loath cat in the town running like is that more of a good easter egg like subtle easter egg it, uh, than just like full-blown grand admiral thrawn ahsoka like you know some easter well the thing about an easter egg hunt is that you need to put out some Easter eggs in obvious spots for the literal for the little kids, and you need to hide even more complicated with some of the other Easter eggs. So that way, the kids that find those Easter eggs feel even more gratified by finding that egg. And often, you should put like a bigger, bigger piece of candy or something like that in the more difficult to hide hide eggs. 
and also we're talking about people's personal enjoyment of creative fiction uh like for me how how satisfied i was that the crate pearl was there again going back to the first episode of the mandalorian right seeing the crate pearl and it's like perfect whiteness they pulled it out and they just pulled it and they, they held it up and it's like <gasps> it's the pearl right you know, that was such a great perf that's to me it was a great easter egg that had the perfect surprise because it was the focal point of a scene uh it, it was just a huge nod to more specific caterer like you know more specific archivists stuff like that uh the cat is something i didn't pick up on personally so you missed me there but you know it's when you when you're when you got a show that you need to appeal to everybody because it's on disney plus and at the end of the day they need to justify people watching because it's one of the disney plus sellers is the mandalorian yeah it's the first streamed television show to be in the top 10 of nielsen family ratings and if yeah. you guys don't know what that means, it's really stupid talk for it's very, very high rated. And it shows yeah. that people at home are watching it in great enough watching numbers. To like uh, to make the magazine public, like, hey, everybody's watching this. What's everybody watching right now? Oh, they're watching this. Right. Um, it, it's, it really is. It's a cultural it, mark. You know? yeah, it also dictates like the, uh, the, the kind of uh, content that is produced in the future. Like it shows yeah. big executives and stuff. This is what people want. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully we get more shows like The Mandalorian, and hopefully the Easter eggs will continue just to be a mixed bag, you know, like that Easter egg hunt where some eggs are some eggs with less less good prizes or in more obvious spots, and more complex eggs with better prizes or in more difficult spots. Yeah, I saw and, a lot of people um, too thinking like Ahsoka's bird was chilling in that tree. But I didn't think it looked the same as the bird from Rebels, like the Force mm. bird or whatever it was. I thought that bird looked more like a cockatoo or whatever in the tree in the episode. But whatever, if you guys 100% think that, good on you. But uh, I don't know. I like didn't know, I didn't even know Ahsoka had a fucking bird, bro. If I'm like, dude, I didn't. I was not vibing with Rebels. That's all I can say. Like it was a different. I watched it because I was a Star Wars fan. That's why I watched Rebels. Meaning I begrudgingly watched it. It was palatable enough for me to in, like to watch to have it playing in the background while I did something else, but I, I never really got 100%. most. Most episodes are in the okay to forgettable range, but there are mm-hmm. some episodes that are really fucking good. Okay, like Especially like Darth Maul, like the Darth Maul Obi Wan duel scene, right? That well, scene was fucking badass. Dude, Ahsoka versus versus Vader. Vader, uh, yeah. The uh, spoilers if you haven't watched it: the death of Kanan. Yeah. Yep. And like some of the other late season four stuff happening, like, uh, you know, we, dude, it's crazy. Like you find out how Ahsoka escapes Darth Vader, right? Like, cause mm-hmm. we don't, we didn't see the end of that fight. We don't know what happened to her. We find out mm-hmm. how she gets away. Dude, fucking Ezra yeah. pulls her through some fucking force portal or some shit. Like, this shit's crazy. <laughs> and then Palpatine's like trying yeah. to get resurrected or like whatever. Like he's trying to like get to Ezra. He's trying to go through the fucking force portal and shit. He's chasing him down. Oh man, what a weird show that was. <laughs> there's like that whole the the Yoda reveal when he was like there was going through that temple and shit, and he gets Kane and gets knighted. I remember that being trippy as fuck. Um, I, obviously when they used Darth Vader and Rebels, that was really important because it was phenomenal uh it was almost like the ending of rogue one and i like uh, the design too of vader and rebels yeah. because it's very similar to like the original like concept drawings of him i yeah. thought that was pretty cool 
looks a lot more menacing. That's yeah. for sure. Also, uh, do you have my stream on? Yeah. Dude, I think I got my notifications to work now. Look at that. Look at I fell off my chair is now following. Thank you, chair, for following. Let's see. Wait, oh, I'm waiting. I'm Chai Star oh, is now it. following. Is. Oh, Thank you. Chai. Who's Chai Star? Uh, she's another streamer. Impulse, oh. thanks for following. Yeah, you. <laughs> Impulse, one step closer to that high rise in LA. Yep. Captain Hot Sauce, thanks for the follow. He's not even here because there's only three people that are watching it's this. It's all right. It's all right. I'm pretty sure I'm Lorthontis, thanks for the follow. Yeah, you. And finally, lastly, my last follower, Barry Obi 2020 Thanks for the follow. That's my fiance. She made an account just to follow me because she's nice. Nice. Dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Boost, boost those followers. Never just get that fucking yeah. partner, bro. Yeah. Um. So, but in short, I enjoyed the episode. Thought the Thrawn, thought the Thrawn reveal was really weak. Um, I thought that that was a really poor setup. I thought it was, it was cool to see Ahsoka. I thought that fight scene was the end. And then the fight scene, it like tripped and fell. I think is the best way is like describe the episode. It was doing pretty good right up until Trip to Fell the end. Like, where is Admiral Thrawn? Because that was such a, uh, you know, I just hate that's such a pointed, <laughs> direct, easy to do scene. Where is this? Where is why? Where is blah blah blah? blah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Barry uh, Ob in chat says, "Woohoo, welcome! Why are you welcoming us? We welcomed you." Smile. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Uh, if you have questions or input, you can also type in chat. Uh, thank you, Barry, for uh, the input, uh, the woohoo. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I really like the episode. Uh, I think I come down in it a little different than you. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of things that almost feel forced or almost feel uh, underwhelming as well. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's easy to overlook those things and just say, well, Ahsoka, right, dude? Thrawn, right? Like, Grogu, right, dude? Like, hey, hey, yeah. dude, we're gonna, they're going to Tython, and Ezra or, or Luke might show up to help him, dude, right? Like, these yeah. are all fun, exciting things. Uh, but. Uh, so who do you, okay, so if you're a betting man, who do you think it's going to be that's going to show up? Do you think it's Ezra for sure? Well, I I would bet on Ezra. If it's not, then it's no one, <laughs> because uh, or or it'll be a new character they introduce, right? Like, yeah, I don't think they'll they'll bring in Star Killer. I think uh, Disney will separate themselves from a character like that. Uh, oh man, damn it! But I just want to watch someone. Uh, what if it's the character from Jedi Fallen Order? Uh, Cal. Oh, uh, that yeah, that'd be so badass, dude could be i i don't uh, i don't know necessarily like i think ultimately grogu will separate himself entirely from the force and think, like yeah. him him and mando will just kind of make their own clan or whatever uh and and we'll be also exploring a lot of mando's identity from here on out like yeah i because I, he obviously like you know the the interaction with other mandalorians who very clearly are not his kind of mandalorian uh will change him down the line, right? Like, or it should. It should make him question, why Why am I being taught one thing? And then there's these Mandalorians saying, you know what, dude? No. <laughs> like, you are an extremist. You yes, need to chill yeah. the fuck out. Like, yeah. so. 
Can't even sip and sip, take off your helmet, take a sip, put it back on. What the hell? Yeah. Kind of dumb shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, aside from the cool scenes, HK87 name drop, that was cool, but they were so far removed from HK47. Uh, I just think it was like, hey, HK47 plus 40, haha, here you go. Uh, but they didn't really do anything that was hunter killery, like have really witty dialogue, which is what the HK forty seven is most famous for in the Knights of the Republic games. Yeah. Um. Uh, there was again that really fun interaction between the Mandalorian and the the shit the town lead trooper. Right. He, like you know, puts his. I really liked his gun. By the way, his shotgun. He was wearing. He had like a laser shotgun. Um. But he put it on the ground, and then he saw that the Mandalorian moved his uh, hand away from his holster, so he thought it was going to get one upon him to shoot him. And the uh, Mandalorian just pops him and then spins his pistol, classic style, spins yep. pistol, slams it back in his holster. That was fucking badass. And Mandalorian is just, most, for most parts, he's like a Wild West bounty hunter. That's what he yeah. is. And we also kind uh, of find out, like, it seems like the Magistrate also, her, na- her name is Morgan Elsbeth. I don't know if... I don't remember if she's in Rebels or anything, but obviously she helped. She became big by selling things to the Empire and destroying planets or whatever. Uh, and it, it's very apparent that she came to this planet, said, "I'm in charge now." Overtook it by force and enslaved the people. And the yep. the the Asian looking man was the former uh, and current leader of that town. Uh, yep. Now that you know they've uh, defeated the magistrate but and we, we had a great scene where he was and there's like execute them and he's like okay i guess i gotta do something he was but he was about to walk out and say hey but you know mandalorian just shot them all so we're yeah good. <laughs> we, we are good it's all good yes, oh, no, go behind you Pew. oh the droid's dead good job Woo. Uh, you know, I thought they were going to use that droid for something more interesting but you know it just ended up being a one-off so yeah D- does the corny uh classic star wars dialogue bother you which classic Star like, Wars dialogue? You know, like, like, I don't know, dude. Like, there's, like, classic Star Wars dialogue that just is kind of bad, where it's, like... Mm. Uh, oh, that, uh, I mean, all of episode two? <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, when... It's, course, when it, it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, when Ahsoka's talking about the Force, like, it's kind of it's kind of bad at points, you know? Oh, or, like... A, f- a field projected by all living things around us. <laughs> Yeah, I I knew one of his kind, a, a wise master named Yoda, right? Like, that's not that bad. But like when she like threw the Beskar like shoulder pad and she's like, "Your bounty hunter failed." Just <laughs> like, all right, man. Like, yeah. I I feel like no dialogue says more there than that dialogue. You know, like just throw it, yeah. and it's very obvious that he failed, right? Like, yeah. You, well, Dave Dave Filoni wrote this episode, right? So like. I was watching this episode, and in my mind's eye, I was, like, processing it, like, as it would look in the Clone Wars. And I'll be honest, it was actually a pretty one-to-one translation when you really think about it when comparing yeah. it to an episode of Clone Wars. Right. So that was pretty dope. Yeah, I'm sure it was, like, such an experience for him to, like, working on, like, a live-action thing big, instead of... Uh... Something major. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a, big, it's a big step up. This is the career move. That's what this is. This is a make-or-break career move. Right. Um. Unfortunately, like I said, I I didn't like the throne reveal. I I thought it was just a little too eh. Um. But you know, more power to him. I hope he makes more. I hope he figures out a good formula that works for him. 
Uh, but you're right. You know, there was some weaker dialogue in this one. So again, I just think this episode is probably the weakest of the season. So thus far, even with all the cool reveals, even with the Ahsoka Tano stuff, it's just there's a lot of shortcomings. Um, unfortunately, that just happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like I said, I really like the episode. Um, I, I'm a little higher on it than than you, but um, I definitely understand where your criticisms come from because it. Yeah, it can be easy to get lost in all these big things happening and be like, what an amazing episode and kind of overlook all the small things or like, you know, even just like more abstract kind of issues with the episode, right? Like, uh, yeah, I I think there are better ways to have handled Thrawn for sure. Like, you, you don't need to come out and be like, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? And then like, like I said, dude, people who don't know who that is are just like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Why do I care about this? Why does it? Why? Why is it shot as if this is some huge, significant thing? You know, like yeah. it's like okay, maybe new viewers will say, oh, here's another bad guy we're gonna meet eventually, or they might think we're never gonna see him because Ahsoka's not coming back. Like she was just a one and done character. Bye. <laughs> we're leaving the planet. See you later. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that left people feeling cold or like the general sense is, dude, like, holy shit, Thrawn, one of the best Star Wars villains that that's existed. Like, holy shit, dude. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Right. So and, and guys, Thrawn, I, if you're not familiar with Thrawn, like he's a very, very interesting character. Like he's not this weird one dimensional evil bad guy. Right. Like Thrawn is is like tolkien <laughs> like he's very he, he's very measured he's very calculated uh, he wants to like in the thrawn book specifically if they believe this hour he wants to build an empire to last um kind yeah. of like what werner horzog uh, horzog's character was describing the first episode of the mandalorian you know uh, we improve security we improve trade opportunities we improve employment all this stuff by any metric the empire touches blah blah, blah rule of law all this kind of stuff right. and thrawn really Thrawn to me really seems like it was someone who was very uh, an author in our world who was very sympathetic to the Empire who wanted to portray them in a better light, and I well, feel like it's what happened with Thrawn novels in particular. I mean, it, he he also like what makes I'm him such a webcam for a second here. Okay. Sorry. What what makes him such that. an effective like leader and what makes him such an effective admiral is like he he's not just like okay guys we're gonna go to this planet and do this thing like. He has he does this research this de- makes this deep understanding of the people that they're at war with the people that they have issues with there he he studies their art he studies their 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 beings and and he really thinks like by understanding the, the art of a culture is to understand that culture very deeply like and, and I think that's just like I don't know dude there's something so interesting about you know obviously it's not a new idea you, you know it's one of those old like war strategy things is like know your enemy and blah 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 and you can look at american history where we haven't known our enemy such as in vietnam or korea or whatever and these are wars we had heavy casualties in and didn't really win uh (laughs) and so it's just one of those things where like he's so effective because he cares so much about understanding people which is like a weird thing to care about when you're in charge of an army that's whole purpose is to or a navy, or whatever it is, to to destroy or conquer worlds, right? So, 
Yeah, absolutely. Completely fascinating character. Rebels really built on him. <clears throat> you can tell Dave Filoni was probably a fan of the books that we are both fans of. All we can hope is that when he gets introduced, it's great. They use him in a great way that helps to move the plot along while still helping the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian be a badass. But we won't really know what's going to happen until the next episode, you know? Right. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, that's also by design. Like, they, they want you to anticipate things and want you to think you know what's coming next and then mm. kind of subvert that in a, in a different way. Um, yeah. but I, I do think like they, they do an okay job of doing that. But like I said, like it's one of those things where it's like, they're, they're almost trying to do it too much now where it's just, you're kind of left like, okay, dude, like we know we're not going to get well, Thrawn next episode, you know, like, yeah. And if they do do Thrawn next episode, it's going to be, I'm going to start having some issues with the season as a whole because, like, that's going to be some, like, serious issues with pacing as in, ah, Thrawn, like, just, I don't know, <laughs> you know? And, and, two, and this, in the place of two episodes, like, here's this major character. Um, but, again, that's just speculating on what we don't know. Yeah. I, I do think it's, a, like... Uh, do you know the title of the next episode, what it's called? No. Like, it's called the Jedi. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's been announced yet, but... Um, I don't know if you saw this. It, it's unrelated to the Mandalorian, but obviously it's Star Wars. Uh, Ryan Johnson had tweeted out. I think someone had asked him directly, but he had he had said that they thought about instead of using Yoda uh in the Last Jedi to come and talk to Luke, they thought about having Hayden Christensen come back as Anakin to talk to Luke. And he said ultimately they decided not to because m almost all of Luke's interactions and understanding of Anakin weren't with Anakin. They were with Darth Vader. And yep. uh, it, and Yoda was his mentor, so it made so much more sense for them to use Yoda, uh, especially because, um, I, I mean, Ryan Johnson gets a lot of criticism for quote-unquote not understanding Star Wars and stuff, and like some of them are valid, but I do think he, he did kind of really like the prequel movies maybe and like mm. he made canon like he he made sure yoda under like conveyed to luke the jedi were wrong like we're not mm. perfect we make mistakes and i think that was important to come from yoda rather than anakin as well because anakin realized that like in attack of the clones right like that's one of the, the his main like disconnects and shifts was like dude he he knew already like so uh, do you think it would have been interesting to see Anakin, or are you you happy with the uh, the decision there? I was really happy. I was, I was really happy with Yoda. Um, I thought the puppet was fantastic. I thought that the voice work for Yoda was fantastic. I I love that's that to me was one of the better scenes of that uh, that movie. Yeah, for all the problems that it had, that that scene between Luke and Yoda was probably the top one of the top scenes in that movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, using Hayden Christensen, that would have been an interesting choice, but I just, I don't know, man. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like Luke and and Anakin never really had a relationship, right? Like Luke's entire interaction, everything from the original trilogy was with Darth Vader and trying to appeal to this you know, humanity within Darth Vader and bring him back to being Anakin Skywalker, right? 
and and that also brings me to this interesting question I I kind of been thinking about right and it's like when Luke is trying in Return of the Jedi you know to convince and you know Darth Vader like you know there's still good in you you can still come back and Darth Vader says to him you don't know the power of the dark side right like a lot of people might think okay he's talking about like hey you know like dude you're gonna come and you're gonna find out how awesome it is to be over here on the dark side right but I think what he's really saying is like you don't understand how it takes control of your life yeah and and how you can't escape this like I can't I can't get out of this it's not just something I can leave right like and you know you can make all the weird like paper thin allegories of uh, the dark side is an addiction or the dark side blah blah like i, I that stuff is fine i think it, that's really boring like that the, the allegory stuff and i think it's like you can it's some, anything negative with it that's definitely the thing to, to me allegory is something to make people who don't understand things well think that they have high reading comprehension <laughs> and i know that sounds totally. mean but it's like yeah. if, if you if you are like x-men civil rights awesome i understand this you're just wrong because like it's it's yeah. not a good allegory and it's very uninteresting like yeah and this argument this argument goes back to like tolkien tying into uh right so tomorrow's got that he said like everyone thinks the ring is like an atomic bomb and it's not yeah and i'm gonna fucking tell you what it is because i'm tired of people guessing what it is <laughs> you know because he was right it, it is what the reader interprets it as right like, to me i always finish like envision the ring as using it as like lying I, I just see it as deceit. Like you're hiding, you're, you're hiding your true self from the world in order to gain power. That's how I always kind of interpreted the use of the ring. Yeah. Well, for me, the, the ring is anything in your life that mm. can corrupt you. It's anything, right? It mm. it's anything in your life that that can convince you to do something that is immoral or wrong or or you know that you think might help you get money or power or anything in the world, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it can represent any of that, but it, it can also represent none of that. Like that's the yep. beauty of it. At the end of the you day, yeah, exactly. Right, and and we'll, we'll get into obviously more of that tomorrow. And one one of the most interesting things again, like like I said on, with on fairy stories, like it seems like something that might just be really boring, and there are subsections of it, and one of them it talks about children and how fairy books, fairy tales are. Uh, a lot of people think they're made for children or whatever, and. Uh, you might think, okay, dude, this is going to be boring to read about why it's not for children or why it is or whatever. And it's like, then you read it and you're like, dude, this is some profound shit. Like that doesn't just apply to fairy tales. Like this applies to things in the real world all the time. You know, like this is just a stream of conscious thought on, on life. (laughs) Right. So, Um, yeah. Uh, back to, back to stars. It's so easy to get off on, on tangents, but, um, Um, but aside from that, we've covered the whole episode. Um, you know, we've, yeah, we've we've written it pretty good, and just be excited for you know next uh, next Friday, the next Tuesday, uh, talking to you about it. But I don't know what else we can. Uh, is there anything else going on in Star Wars land right now? Uh, not really. Um, all the major art, like all the major production projects, are like pushed back because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, I know there's been some talk with like John Boyega about possibly returning in another fashion, and Good. then there's theory. there's talk about it an Ahsoka series possibly, uh, mm-hmm. like a spinoff or or whatever, and you know all sorts of stuff. Um, but uh, of course, dude, like Star Wars fans, I'm sorry to say this, 
are the biggest thing, the biggest problem with Star Wars, you know, Star Wars fans. And it's been said over and over, but like, we can't just have anything nice without people complaining or making a big deal or fighting each other. And it's just, even after this episode, right, we got Ahsoka and like, you know, it's okay to not like the episode, but people just are causing issues and fighting each other and telling everyone they're wrong. And, and it's just like, dude, just be happy with what you get. Like every week, it's a yeah, fucking yeah. controversy. Boob armor, actresses being Republicans, and and now all this stuff about Rosario Dawson uh, being anti-LGBT or something that like was clearly uh, proven wrong or whatever, and she was interviewed about. And you can well, re- review all the drops court cases or whatever. Like, dude, stop it, dude. Just watch it and enjoy. It. Who fucking cares about celebrities in their lives? I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we need to remember that. You know, this is the fan base that drove the creator away from his own creation enough to, to sell it. Like, take it off my hands. I don't fucking want it anymore. Like, he didn't want anything to do with it. He didn't go on to the set, as far as you may be aware, he didn't really go on to the sets of the new movies, right? Right. I mean, he's been he on the set of The Mandalorian, but... Mandalorian, but and I you, think it's because he wanted to. You guys might, in chat or listening at home or whatever, you might say... He didn't just sell it because of the fans. He got $4 billion, dude. You know how much money he could have got off another movie and making toys and shit, dude? $4 billion? You know how much money Disney made off the sequel trilogy that weren't great? He, had, he has a in, he had an infinite money printer. That's basically what he gave away. He had a machine that prints monies. He could have completely taken his hands off of the wheel and still retained, every, and still retained some semblance of control. But he didn't. He sold it all, everything, rights, personal uses, everything. Uh, he just requires that his name be on it. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, he, he just relinquished everything. Like, trust me, guys. When an artist gives up like this, like in that way, when they just say, take it off my hands, I don't want it. It's too much trouble. Yeah. It, that just goes to show, like, how bad it was. He was probably getting harassed at his house or something like that. Or some, I guarantee you there were probably some crazy guys who were like that, you know? right yeah so george lucas is another like creator who who does remind me of tolkien in a lot of ways like uh but a lot, there's a lot less out there like he uh, as far as i'm aware he hasn't really published has he published any books or anything like that about like his his idea um, on filming or like and how he cr- like his creative process I really haven't watched I'm too not much sure, content with him. But I don't think he- I I know there are obviously, you know, behind the scenes stuff and documentaries about the making of Star Wars and whatever. Like the, you you can all watch those, but there's like videos of him like that have surfaced, uh, giving speeches at like college graduations and different things where he where he speaks about like why he started making movies and how obviously like that that wasn't his first choice. Like he 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 essentially entered a contest got a scholarship or whatever to uh, a filmmaking school in california and and went there when he was originally going to school for like anthropology or something like that uh he he didn't think about making films he whatever like so um you know but one of the things that like I, i find similar between him and tolkien is like their idea of creating right it's like uh like george lucas he didn't want to be in a studio on a Hollywood set. Like he wanted to be out in the world making movies, you know? And mm-hmm. like, you know, people told him you can't make a movie unless you're in Hollywood. And, and he decided he didn't want to go to Hollywood and made movies in San Francisco. Right. Like, and, and traveled, yeah. traveled to Africa to, to film it, star Wars. And like, is, 
He did his own thing. That's absolutely it. He was a rebel. He said, fuck this system, fuck this place, fuck your feelings, I'm going to go do my own shit. And right. <laughs> and Tolkien did his <laughs> own exactly thing too, right? Did. Yep. And there are plenty of people hated the, you know, even at the time, remember time, this is back in like the 1950s, like London, all right? Yeah. These are people giving Satan reviews, oh, you're just a child, blah, 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 all this shit. And he would laugh and basically tell them to go fuck themselves in a much, much politer way that I am being able to put it. Right. You know? Well, and, and with Tolkien as well, I mean, again, we'll get into this more tomorrow with On Fairy Stories, but, you know, he, yeah. he, he talks about how uh, elves and dragons, these, these are not made up things. Like, mm. these are things that we put into stories, but you can't make something up that already exists. Right. Yeah. And you can say, well, dragons aren't real. Elves aren't real. But what he means is like, you can't put that into a book unless it already exists in your mind. Right. And if Absolutely. something exists in your mind, then it's real to you. And, and this- we need to understand, if I can just comment too, yeah. like on the dragon, what it, what it means to me specifically, um, the banner of the dragon uh, is basically when a certain army, certain medieval armies would mobilize. And if they were given an ish, an order by their king to give no quarter, which is basically like attack in that general direction and burn and loot everything behind you and just like leave a body, uh, you know, just leave a pile of bodies and a burning villages in your wake, they would fly under the banner of the dragon. Right. That's where a lot of the, that's where a lot of the mythology came from, because it was just we're here to raise this failed place to the ground. You got to run. The dragon is coming. And to that's just to me while dragons are always will be probably the immortal one of the immortal cornerstones of fantasy forever um, right but i guess we can probably get it now that i think about it we can probably get that tomorrow <laughs> yeah 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 of course uh well, star wars had a dragon, great dragon they're even dragons of star wars for, for god's sakes like, right <laughs> you know on the on the first planet because we you know the, the story of star wars starts on tatooine so we can probably imagine that tatooine was the first planet that probably popped into george lucas's head when he was thinking about this whole world and everything, he was so adamant on getting Tatooine right. That, like he said, he flew to South Africa to, sh- to shoot some of that shit. And right. It, it, all that, all this cool, awesome, amazing stuff. They also did a lot of stuff in Death Valley during the summer so they could get the heat waves. Um, all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, they filmed in fucking Tanzania or whatever, like or Tunisia yeah. or something. Like, <laughs> like, dude, who who is like, let's go to Africa to shoot part of a movie. Like, let's go to fucking Norway. Like where people are freezing their dicks off, right? Like, like, (laughs) uh, oh, uh, we got the redwoods right in our backyard, dude. They kind of look otherworldly. Let's go shoot a a scene in the redwood forest. Like, you know, it's like, this is, this is like, I don't know, man. And and that's why like the Lord of the Rings movies are so beautiful as well. Like all this nature and stuff in New Zealand. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like it, it's hard not to talk about Tolkien because like I said, like my whole approach to like analysis is based on Tolkien and stuff. And it's like, you know, when he talks about, um, he talks about fairy stories, like, you know, he says they're not, they're not stories with elements of fairy tales and stories of, with elements of, of this or that. They're stories that take place in the world of fairy. Like elves aren't all that concerned with humans in general. Like they just exist in the same world. Right. And like, it, it, it's it's not just elves and dragons and demons and balrogs and orcs. These are not the only things that make the stories a fairy story. It's the wind and the moon and the sea and the grass. Everything the in food. that world 
yeah the food the music the drinks the you know the taverns the the hearth songs the the different kind of family life all that kind of stuff that adds it's culture it's real culture right that's what it is and, um, and yeah it's just Again, dude. Probably, right. but, yeah, but that's that's the point right is like is is like it, it, the world and everything in it is essential to that brand of story right fantasy yeah and so that's that's you know when when george lucas is going to these amazing places and and filming and, and creating this universe like it is important like a lot of people say well you know you don't have to do that blah blah, blah. but Star Wars made so much of a difference because it brought us to these other worlds, right? Uh-huh. And, and that's what's so beautiful about it. And obviously, the Mandalorian is like almost a hundred percent done with like this new technology and whatever, like in a studio, you know, uh-huh. it, it, whatever. But that's just how things are done now, uh, yeah. as well. But I don't know. Like, it's just really interesting to think about and to to talk about. But it yeah. is, and hopefully, we'll, you know, we'll, the, those broad sweeping shots with those cool, you know, scenes. Hopefully, we'll see a return to that one day. I think what comes to mind for me is the Lawrence of Arabia, um, when they did some of the best landscapes and photography that's ever been done, where they really broadcast the rugged beauty of the Arabian desert. Yeah, and that's really hard. To, and that that kind of those kind of shots are hard to justify with a show that is like the Mandalorian. Uh, where the, the, the scenes are more important, the characters are more important than the actual setting. Well, not like the setting, but you know what I mean, right? Like the setting as in where they physically are geo- geographically. It's like more important what those people are doing. Yeah. So, um, but we've gone on an hour and a half here, so I need to get going soon. So For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah. We'll uh, obviously be back tomorrow. We we will be talking exclusively about uh, uh, Tolkien okay. things uh, and other shit that we've probably gone tens about. Yes, yeah, specifically on fairy stories. We'll probably only get about halfway through uh, the the text of on fairy stories uh, because it's think so long. I think a quarter of the way through. A quarter well, probably. I don't, I don't I'm prepared answer. for half. <laughs> uh, I took I took notes on on half at least. Uh, yep. But. Uh, yeah, if, if we don't get there, obviously we'll save it for another day. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday for more across the stars podcasting. Um, and so, yeah, do you, you have anything you want to plug, uh, your, your writing page or anything? Uh, right now, just been doing, I, I was participating lightly in the national novel, novel writing month uh the goal is fifty thousand words i knew i wasn't going to meet that just because of how caustic it's been the past couple of weeks and how just dramatic this year's been in general yeah but it did give me writing a lot so i am up to eight thousand four hundred and sixty four words on my uh outline so that's like you know it started something that's when it's like you know when you break that five thousand word mark you're like okay you got something going on here so I'm just going to keep writing. That's the most important thing that everyone keeps telling me. Uh, you know, it's the most important thing from everything else is just to keep writing. So when I get something like really serious, I'll be sure to share it. But for right now, I'm just working on everything, improving stuff. I'm, there's a, a poem I've been thinking about writing for a long time that I think I might push out here eventually. Yeah. Um, when that yeah. happens, I'll put that out. Yeah. I, I've written a lot of poetry in my day. Uh, maybe I'll read some on stream one day, but uh, I, I don't know. I find a lot of my poems to be kind of like uh, cringy or heavy or uh, whatever. Oh, juvenile. It's express, expressing, it's expressing yourself. And, you know, remember, those are all just first drafts. You yeah. Can always edit a poem. So. Yeah. 
For sure. Right. It's good hanging out with you, yes, Captain sir. and Human. What is yeah. that? What is, what else, what's your... Oh, well, I'm just Cage now, K-A-J-E. That was my nickname in second grade, okay, because uh, there was another uh, person with my... Johnny (laughs) Cage. There was another person with my first name, and so they didn't want to get us confused, and we both had the same last initial, so they didn't want to, like, confuse them. So they used my initials, uh, which were K-J, so they called me K-J, but my friends started calling me Cage because it was faster to say than K-J, so... Uh, that's where that comes from. Uh, I could just use my middle name because, like, but people say that wrong too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I've rebranded. I'm just Cage now, Cage47 on Twitch. And uh, you are, I fell off my chair. If you guys want to follow his Instagram or, or writing pages or whatever, he'll uh, post updates, yep. I'm sure. Pipeweed.fantasy.sci-fi. Uh, that's it. Or cool. not sci-fi.fantasy. One of the two. But I like <laughs> Pipeweed, and hopefully nobody will sue me for using Pipeweed. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's gonna uh, that's gonna wrap us up. Thanks to anybody watching. I see we have three viewers. I'm sure two of those are me and you. But uh, thanks to the one other watcher. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't followed, you can follow. I really appreciate if you do. If you don't, well, um, that's cool too. Uh, thanks for everybody who tuned in. Thanks to to I fell off my chair for joining me as always. Tripping with us across the stars. Yeah, may the force be with you. All that good stuff. Much love. Be with you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>